0: Hey, Drew Dixon from Love Nerd, back with you for another Bible thump. We're in Romans 7, and I'm going to read starting in verse 1, and we'll read through verse 6 here in just a minute. But I want to ask you a question that'll help us sort of frame what I want to talk about today, Uh, and that is, do you think of yourself as a rule follower or not, or a rule breaker, a rebel? Um, I will admit right off the bat that um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a rule follower, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's not in the sense of like, um, I'm this rebellious person that doesn't, uh, doesn't see value in rules. I I want to caveat when I say I'm not a rule follower. What I mean is, is like, I have a really hard time following rules if they don't seem wise (laughs) and good. And I have this tendency sometimes because I'm a selfish, arrogant, um, like, prideful human being, let me be honest with you and tell you that I am selfish and arrogant and prideful at times, I have this tendency to think, well, that's not a very good rule. That's really silly. Why do I have to do that? Like, um, I'll try to give, I'll try to give you a silly example. Like if you're sitting at a red light and it's like late at night, it's like 1130 at there is no it's like a country road and there is nobody coming like why why <laughs> right like yeah i'm not saying i i i don't run red lights okay but it's just hard for me i don't in that moment i don't run that red light but i'm just so, sitting there going like why is this light not turning like in a just world <laughs> the light would turn and it would know that I was there, and it would know that there is nobody coming, and there hasn 't been anyone coming for minutes. Why is this light wasting three minutes of my life <laughs> right um, so yeah, so rules sometimes if i if i don 't see wisdom in them, if i don 't think that they 're wise and helpful and just. I have a hard time obeying. I think this is true of a lot of us. Like we have a tendency to look at lawmakers and assume that they have some kind of agenda, right? And we tend to look at laws and think, oh, well, this isn't rooted in goodness and truth and beauty. Or we tend to look at, um, if it's not on our side, right? If it's, if it is a, a law that has to do with, you know, that was passed by someone that we respect or someone that's on our side of the political aisle, then we're like, oh yeah, of course, that's really good and just and everyone should abide by this. Everyone should abide by this rule. Um, so yeah, I think I think we all have a tendency to sort of like think of rules as bad. I talked about this a bit last week. We have that tendency. Um, and it kind of depends on your context, right? And so Paul's speaking about this issue kind of of rules in a, in a, in a, in a new context. He's saying the gospel has reshaped, redefined, cast a new vision for how we think about the rules of our lives, the rules by which we will live. And like I said last week, I want to make Uh, it abundantly clear to you that you do have rules by which you live. Um, Even if those rules that you live by are, these rules are stupid and I know better. Because then what are you doing if you think that the rules that around you and in your life are stupid, you're saying, I'm the rule maker. I get to decide what's good and true and I get to set standards for myself. Um, And, you know, I think the, the thing I challenged you with last week was, how's that going for you? Is that resulting in a better life? If you're really honest, like re- if you really humble yourself and really think through the implications of having lived that way, like has it made life fuller, better? Has it blessed your neighbor? Has it made the world of the people around you, the people closest to you, has it made their lives better? It's a really important question that you ought to give serious and careful consideration to. But let's, let's unpack what Paul's saying a little, a little bit here in Romans, starting in verse 1, Romans chapter 7. Since I'm speaking to those who know the law, brothers and sisters, don't you know that the law rules over someone as long as he lives? For example, a married woman is legally bound to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law regarding the husband. So then if she is married to another man while her husband is living, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. Then, if she's married to another man, she's not an adulteress. By the way, lots of people try to make this passage about marriage. It's not about marriage. That's not what Paul's talking about here. This is a metaphor. He's using marriage to make a point about how we live under the gospel. All right, so that said, look at verse 4. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you who were put to death in relation to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, you belong to him who was raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. For we're, for when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions aroused through the law were working in us to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law since we have died to what held us. So we may serve in the newness of the spirit and not the old letter of the law. All right, Paul's introducing us to a new law, a new rule of life. And it is the rule of life of resurrection and grace. You see, Paul's trying to make clear to us that trusting Jesus doesn't then just free us to live however we want to live because we're saved by grace. That's the point he began making earlier in chapter 6 that we talked about the last couple of weeks. Um, but he's making the point that actually trusting Jesus moves us to embrace a new, a new law. And it's this law that's rooted in the promise of resurrection from the dead. Verse 4. You belong to him who was raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. If you believe in resurrection, your life will be marked by resurrection, by transformation, by God breathing new life into those parts of your life which feel fruitless and dead. How have you seen Jesus do that? How have you seen God breathe new life into you? That's the new rule It's one of empowerment. It's one of transformation. It's one that says, um, your rules weren't working. Try Jesus's. (laughs) It's one that says that you don't have to obey the law on on your own. You can be empowered to obey it by the Spirit. Empowered to live a life of uh, of meaning and purpose and impact by the Spirit. Verse 5, For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions aroused through the law were working in us to bear fruit for death. In other words, Paul's saying, like your previous way of life... Was one, of, was one of slavery to sin. And it was working in you. You were failing, is what Paul is saying. You were failing to live up to the standards that God sets for us. But listen, even if you reject God's standards, Paul's saying you're failing to live up to any standard. We're all, if we look at the standards even that we've set for our own lives, the ideals, the goals that we would set forth for how to live a good and meaningful life, we're all failing on some level. What we need is resurrection. What we need is transformation. We're living in such a way, Paul's saying, like that path that we're on where we think we get to be the ones in the driver's seat, he's saying that leads to destruction and death. It is not good for us. It is not good for our neighbors. Um, I once heard someone say, I can't remember where this quote comes from, but he says, you know, we're all a villain in someone else's story. We're all the bully in someone else's story. We like to think that the bullies are out there. But you've been a villain in someone's story. And that tells us that this reality that we're not always the good guy tells us that we need resurrection. We need to be released from sin, released from the law, not in the sense that the law is not good, but released from this pressure that we have to live up to it, obey it on our own power. You don't. That's the news of the gospel. You don't have to obey God on your own power. Jesus has provided, God has provided everything we need for life and godliness so that we may serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the old letter of the law. Again, it's not that the law is bad. It's that we're bad at it. That's the problem. That's the human problem. The human problem is not that we have this law that's bad, that's, corrupting us and holding us back. It's the fact that this law is good and we failed to uphold it. So we need a savior. So we need rescue. So we need redemption. So we need resurrection. How does your thinking need to be resurrected? How do the rules, the values that you live by need to be resurrected and redeemed? How do you need to embrace new life this week? How can you let go of thinking your way is good and just and right and surrender to the reality that God's ways always are? Now, your ways sometimes, some of your ways, some of your ideas are good. (laughs) Some of your ways are right and and just and good and helpful. But that tinge of selfishness is going to keep them from being truly life-giving. So it's time to surrender. It's time to surrender even your best laid, best laid plans at the feet of Jesus and embrace his resurrection vision for your life. Embrace new rules. Embrace a new Savior. Are you letting the resurrected Christ impact your decision making, your vision for the future, your hope? your passions, your purpose. What's one step you could take this week to let Jesus redirect you to resurrect your vision for life? That's worth asking, isn't it? I think so. I'm going to be asking myself that this week. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week.